to the Emotional Cripples Christmas Special 2018, assuming we're still here yeah. next year. I'm Andrew Lowe. I'm Tim Tucker, and we're going to be talking about the misery of Christmas <laughs> and what we can do to um, mitigate the horror that is the festive period. Yes, Merry um, Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so um, It is a tough time. Um, as you said last time, I think resonated with a lot of people and certainly with me, the idea that, f- that you have to have fun. Yeah. And actually, I don't know about you, but my work gets more intense. Everyone seems to feel, because it's that big kind of week or two week break, everyone feels like, oh, I've got to get it all done before Christmas. So my workload doubles yeah. over December, well, I, which makes it even more stressful. So you, you said to me earlier that people have been saying to you that they think I don't like Christmas. Um, and that came across yeah. a little bit, yeah, <laughs> in your last podcast. But I think it's just a... Uh, what I don't like is the pressure to have fun at Christmas, the pressure yeah. to be positive about Christmas, the pressure to not to not dislike it, if you see what I mean. You're not yeah. sure you're not allowed to. So and I can't <clears throat> I find that really difficult to um because it's just a time Yeah, you want to push back. Well yeah, it's just a time of year where a lot of people um are particularly thro- that maybe their own situation is thrown into, you know, sharp relief by what's happening with everyone else everyone else is having a lovely time and Hmm. you know perhaps they're generally struggling as it is i think that probably makes it more more difficult at christmas i think you're right and as i was saying with work pressures i actually find like i've got less time to go out and have fun Uh, and when the fun does happen i'm i'm just trying to recover really from Mm. from overstress overwork and tiredness this isn't too upbeat yet is it do you think do you think we should try and well (laughs) I think I think people just you know let's let's just give it a, give an honest view because yeah, there's going to be plenty. If you want Christmas cheer, you know, if you want to, if you want, there'll be a feast of entertainment this season <laughs> on BBC One. If you want that, then it's there. You know, it's out there. If you want um, Strictly you know, Come Dancing kind of, Christmas Special is on its way. You'll be fine. All with the that. and stuff. There's nothing mm. wrong with that. That's what you like, and it is out there if you want it. But, yeah. Um, I just think maybe this could be useful as a bit of a sort of antidote to that. Just based, just us sort of not yeah. being miserable bastards, but just sort of going okay, a, a slightly mm. different sort of view on it. Yeah. Um, sort of black Christmas <laughs> <laughs> rather than a white Christmas. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so so anyway, I, you know, we, we absolutely hope that you know you are having as good a time as you possibly can at this at this time of year, and yeah, and. Um, Hopefully, you're looking to next year. Looking to this. the thing about Christmas is it's a time, isn't it, where you're just on the limbo of another year, and it is completely arbitrary in one sense. You know, this way we separate one year from the next, but mm. it is ter- it's a very it's a human thing, isn't it? A trait to look forward and think, okay, well, look back at what have I achieved this year, and then look forward to what I might achieve next year. Definitely. So mm. that that sort of makes sense, and I think there is a pressure in that as well, isn't there? You know, that sense of have oh, I done know. anything this year? What have I have I move forward have I you know I've sort of deteriorated <laughs> in many ways physically <laughs> but have I it's a bad I'm, time I'm, to I'm, take I'm stock forward. of that isn't it because you're feeling probably cold and stressed yeah. and lonely <laughs> you dark. might be feeling Actually, cold and stressed and lonely and we are recording this on the day of the winter solstice which is quite useful it because is. for all of our my well for all of my perceived negativity about Christmas 
Um, one thing I will say that I think I said this last time is that the winter solstice for me feels like the sort of the, the deepest point in the dip in the kind of darkness. Yeah. You know, it's the point where you start to come out and the worst the worst is over. Well, which is why apparently pagan pagan uh, rituals were around this time for Christmas, wasn't it? Because it's almost certainly not yeah. the day of the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ above, is it? It's probably yeah. more to do with um, pagan sort of situations of coming out of the darkness. It is. Yeah. I'll stop you there, actually, because uh, I've got a few facts about Christmas. Okay. I thought one thing at least I could do to mitigate my misery about the period is to give, give you a few interesting <laughs> at least be educational yeah. um, and so this this is the day the winter solstice and it's basically you know we experience the shortest day don't we this today where yeah. the longest night and the, just speaking about the northern hemisphere obviously there might be people listening to this in Australia on the beach yeah you know, again what are they talking about <laughs> but this is this is the sort of generally northern hemisphere this is where our planet is sort of leaning furthest away, isn't it, from the yeah. sun? So the that's, sun is going, come back, come back. That's it's, the fact. It's all right. Yeah. Yeah, and we've sort of we've leaned furthest away. And I'll just start, I'll, I'll pepper these into the chat, I think, so I'll drop these little interesting things in. <laughs> um, just, to, just to save people the trouble of Googling, really. Because hmm. um, the, ter- the word solstice, right? Hmm. <laughs> come, I can sense you're switching off already. <laughs> Is this, um, it means yeah, go on. it comes from a Latin word which means sun stands still. Oh. Yeah, so like the apparent movement of the sun's path sort of seems to stop briefly. Right. right. Um, and it, so we enter like the darkest days of the solstice, but it takes several days until the morning of 25th of December, hmm. right, for the daylight to be perceptibly longer. So, which is why um, it leads to all these concepts of birth around that time, the 25th of December. And this is where this idea from Jesus being born, you know, this, yeah. on the 25th of December, mm. comes from that idea that the light is returning, you know, and the star in the sky and the three wise men, all this stuff. Yeah. It's all been conflated over time. If, that's it, where it comes from. If that's the belief system you subscribe to, we should probably say that. Well, yeah. just, just to, you know. But um, you know, well, if it goes, I was... It goes from... It's true for Egyptian sort of... Uh, uh, right, yeah. Mythology, Roman, Roman mythology, Greek—it's all all the divine entities of those you know belief systems around twenty fifth of December. The birthday is twenty fifth of December, See, so now, it's not just you, the Lord Jesus Christ was in a stable. I think it's a bad choice of 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 a new year. You said it was arbitrary, but I think we yeah. should be doing it in spring because I I find them. Um, you, you know what you, when you're saying about setting mm. up goals for for the next year. I find this, I'm, a, I'm a, a pretty yeah. much an adir at this point where it's very little light. Those with depression, like me, right. need light. I've got a sad yeah. lamp that helps me through the winter, by the way, little tip, um, which tries to mm. emulate daylight. Yeah. But um, the best time for me when I start to feel positive about a new year is actually just as spring arrives. So I think God yeah. should have planted the baby Jesus into the cradle right. um, around sort of March. Yeah, uh, but but you know, obviously, it's done and dusted now. There's not much I can we can do about that. But um, yeah, well, as we just established, him, if you've been listening, <laughs> right, it was nothing to do with God. <laughs> it was to do with the with, with interplanetary <laughs> factors of the sun. Yeah, but the fact that we uh, that we celebrate it now, we should celebrate it in spring, is what I'm saying. 
Yeah, just just leave it and forget <laughs> it until spring, basically. Um, but, but but don't you find this though that we give up? We have these New Year's resolutions, and uh, most people give them up. There's some. There's some. I haven't done any homework, unfortunately, like you. But there's some statistics out there about how long most people last, and it's it's pitiful how how well you survive into the new year with your New Year's resolutions. And uh, I actually find that it's a really negative time of year to be trying to reset your base system and go right starting now. January is the darkest, yeah. most miserable month. It's even worse than Christmas. <laughs> and uh, actually, I'd rather I'd give yourself a break. And not worry about restarting now. Restarting spring is one of my tips. Because you need the energy of warmth. You need the energy of daylight to be able to really stick to um, new resolutions and new, yeah. you know, new thoughts and things. Don't let the birth of the baby Jesus um, affect you in terms of um, how or, you plan your year. Or the birth of Osiris or Sol Invictus. Or other gods whoever are might, Other gods are real, yeah. But, um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think this is, this, you're right, this is the time of year when you just... Forget resolutions. That's a good tip. This is turning into Christmas mm. survival tips, isn't it? Which is all right. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's a good one. Forget New Year's resolutions. Don't worry about, oh, the New Year's coming up. What am I going to do? Um, mm. What have I achieved this year? Just think about, we'll leave that until uh, the yeah. light properly starts to come in, sort of towards spring. I've got... um. A contradictory one, though, which is that I yeah. do find it a good time, not for resolutions, but for goals. Okay. And the reason for that is that um, you don't have to stick to a goal in January or anything, but I do set my goals yeah. in this period and write them down. Yeah. So I mentioned before I've got a bullet journal, and um, did Tommy get into that? You said Tommy was quite intrigued by the uh, bullet journal. I'm gonna, I'll try and force him to do it at some point over Christmas. Beat him. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I am, um, I actually write down in my bullet journal what I want to achieve by the end of the year. And I know that sounds wanky. I, I'm fully aware of how blue chip that sounds, but, um, I found it really useful to, to kind of keep checking in with that every month yeah. and going, you know, this was what was important to you because one of the things we get swallowed up by is, oh, you know, the usual shit, isn't it? Work emails and you know stuff we've got to do for other people so i've got a sort of a page and a half of goals which right. i'm going to review in the next week and i'm going to set some for next year i don't okay. know whether that works for everyone but it works for me it's quite good at keeping me on track throughout the year yeah goals i, I have a difficult relationship with to-do lists and goals and things like that i just i tend to mm. really focus on the thing that i'm most interested in at the moment which is like really <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> good. quite a problem so I just think, well, all the other stuff can wait. But I realise that's... Yeah, but you've got your goals because you've just finished your second novel yeah, and that isn't yeah. a deliberate plug. Yeah. But, um, and you've got major goals that you achieve in a year. To write a novel is a major goal in itself, isn't it? So, yeah. you know, they must be there somewhere even if you don't capture them in writing or, or plot <laughs> them out in a book. Yeah, I mean, my only thing is because if I work for myself, this is the second in this series of novels and... Mm. Um, yeah, it's really about just trying to work out how long it's going to take me to do them and writing the stories and all that kind of thing. So that's kind of an ongoing thing. So I do set dates where this must be <coughs> this must be done yeah. by here and this must be done by there. Does it help keep you saying that? Because I find that having having even just a loose structure of goals and um, yeah and, and and things to achieve helps keep me together a little bit. I can check back in on it and go all this other shit can yeah. go. I think one thing I do is I. I tick things off when I do them as well. So I sort of go, well, that wasn't on my to-do list, but I'm going to add it on as a thing yeah. that I've just done. <laughs> <And> that's <laughs> Which is, that's a good idea. Insane, but but um, 
But then I, I quite like seeing the stuff that I've actually achieved on the project. I use Trello, which is a kind of online. Oh yeah. Um, there's a book called Getting Things Done. I can't remember the name. I remember, the guy yeah. In the show notes. And um, the reason I use that is um, it lets me just put one project, and there's a huge checklist inside each card, so I just know all the little mm. tick-off points, you know, along the project. I know there are lots of complicated project management systems, like um, that one that costs like eighty nine ninety nine yeah. on the App Store or something. I can't remember. Which one is it? Yeah. Omni something. Yeah. But, um, Omni Focus. But this, but I can see why they're probably useful for projects with lots of people working on them. But it's just me and my designer and my mm. editor. So pretty much, I don't need to involve anyone else. So, so I I do tend to use Trello for those reasons, just for kind of productivity well oh, it, sorry what, what was what was the point of this again are we talking about we're talking about goals? setting goals i'm going to tell you i'm going to share some of my goals with you okay um i've got some family goals about spending time with the family because that can sometimes go out the window if i don't um pay attention to it um i've got right the finished draft mm. of a fir- of my novel which i didn't achieve um but i'm sixty thousand words into it a little bit stalled by recent events um i lost my mother in november so that was threw everything out of the window um play music with others so i'm in a band get the damp sorted didn't happen <laughs> um what's the what's the name of that band tim that you're in it's called Furline. and um yeah, yeah interestingly yeah. our music is available on itunes and spotify so um yeah um maybe maybe the, you can check that out yeah <laughs> <laughs> Just, just, in, I only mention it in passing. Yeah, of course. It just occurred yeah. to you to ask. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I actually got. So, a great... sorry, tell me about the damp. Tell me about the damp. There are some damp on our, some of our walls, and I wanted to get it sorted last year. And, and then summer comes, and it sort of disappears, and now it's back again, and I haven't done anything about that. So I feel a bit bad. Are about you now that. the cliched husband, and your wife is nagging you about? The damp. It's not my wife not nagging me. It's my book from last year that where I wrote uh, so down, right. sort it out. Um, yeah. So she's not bothered. She doesn't care about the damp. No. Well, she might do, but I've got a good one here about building an office, <laughs> which I did. So I was lucky enough to be able to um, save up and build an office for myself. So nice. that was a major tick. Yeah. Um, I've got a, a financial goal for myself because I also work for myself, so I have to keep the work coming in, which I achieved. Mm-hmm. And I play tennis uh, regularly. That's I've achieved. Eat healthily. That's too vague, isn't it? Yeah. Eat healthily. I mean, how do you measure whether you've eaten healthily or not? I'm going to yeah. change that goal next year. And then I've got a bunch around how many books I wanted to read, which I smashed. I set myself 23 books to read wow. this year. I managed to hit about 30. Yeah. Um, see friends regularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's roughly what I do, those kind of goals. Mine, mine have just sort of happened, and I sort of things I want to do more of. Mm. Uh, so I want to do more of this, and I want to do more of, you know, actually... Because what I do is quite isolated. It's quite solo. It's just sort yeah. of me and my brain, really. And so, and my exercise as well is, you know, running and in the gym with my headphones on. So I'm quite isolated. So one mm-hmm. thing I've, I've done recently is uh, playing more football. As um, a local sort of football, uh, yeah. joined a little regular kind of sessions on Mondays and Wednesdays. And that football, actually playing football, is. Um, uh, I found that really helpful because we have a coffee afterwards and there's a bit of a social aspect to it. So that's so that's been really useful to just get out, see people. There's no real obligations to those relationships. I, I actually find the relationship I've got with mates I met through tennis 
are really, really valuable because they're not based on work or any yeah. kind of hierarchy of like when you when you meet people through work, sometimes there are other sort of influential factors yeah. on it, aren't they? Like, I don't know, whatever politics. You might want their job or vice versa. Yeah, vice versa. Or you're, you did better or you got a better rise mm. or whatever it is. Yeah. But, um, but when you're playing sport, there's mm. nothing. I mean, you have the competition on the field or the court or whatever, but then you go and have a beer and, and you just, it's really relaxed kind of matey stuff. And um, I really, really valued that. That's something that's been quite new for me. So um, yeah, it's good. Talking about eating healthily, this is that's probably quite a big Christmas, New Year's resolution for people generally, isn't it? They probably think, particularly yeah. on Christmas, where you tend to sort of let things slide and like eat a whole like box of celebrations in one afternoon. Uh. But this is the time of year where you you tend to just think, yeah, go on, I'll have some trifle, you know, for breakfast, <laughs> or <laughs> or or what a third mince pie? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah, a bloke, um, I saw a thing, I heard a thing the other day, where there was a man who was spending December eating nothing but mince pies. Um, really? And I heard him on the radio, he was he was talking about, they said to him, how many do you have, do you, do you, do you like, oh, I'll have two for lunch, I'm looking forward to my dinner, four mince pies for dinner. But, <laughs> that's but, grim, that is grim. He's doing it for the yeah. whole December, he's obviously doing it for charity, but... I just, oh, I my main thought was, how did they police it? <laughs> <laughs> how, do you, how do they know he's only eating That's dangerous pies? though as well, isn't it? I mean, if he is mm. doing it, that's not good for your health. By, by the end of December, he'll be in intensive care, won't he? <laughs> but I thought he was, and he said that he was basically having mince pies from different sources. So you'd go, ooh, I'll have a Sainsbury's <laughs> deluxe mince pie for breakfast and an M&S Fido for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> then, I'll, then I'll treat myself to a couple of homemade mince pies for dinner. <laughs> that is disgusting, isn't it? It's horrible. Well, Michael Pollan, who's a famous food man, he um, said, what's his phrase? He said, eat food, not too much, mostly plants. That was his That's pretty good. Yeah, food. that's pretty good. Yeah, mostly plants. That's his minimalist philosophy about food. Mm. So... If you can follow that, he also has some great, we'll put it in the show notes, he has some really good uh, tips about, you know, what you, your general guidelines. One of them is really interesting is to not eat food um, that your grandmother wouldn't recognise. <laughs> <laughs> it's something like that. It's kind of like, if it's... <laughs> and I love the image. So he, he says, this is a great one, he says, stay out of the middle of the supermarket, shop on the perimeter of the store. Because that's where the fresh stuff is. Yeah. They put the stuff that is unpleasant because it lasts forever in the middle. Yeah. And the fresh, nice stuff is always on the perimeters, at the perimeter of the store, of the shop. Ah, okay. While, while yeah. we're on Christmas, healthy eating, don't eat anything that won't, won't eventually rot. There are exceptions, honey, but generally, yeah. you know, Twinkies, that's no. not food. If it doesn't rot, um, nothing wants to eat it, even bacteria. Yeah, I'll be really... I'll be really quick about this. There's only a couple more left. Um, he says a really good one. He says, don't eat anything with more than five ingredients or ingredients you right. can't pronounce. That's a nice, you... easy, useful sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's it's like a sort of <laughs> philosophy for food. What's his name? Michael Pollan. I'll put it in the show notes. 
Yeah, so we've got goal setting, healthy eating, don't do New Year's resolutions. Yeah. I've got another one, which it just works for me. I'm doing a playlist okay. of but David Bowie live tracks. Yeah. <laughs> and for some reason, that's given me great comfort. It's right. currently running at six hours long. So I've got to do quite a lot of editing on it. And I'll be sharing it on Apple Music. So the tip there is do something that you, you know, is Enjoy. good for you personally. Yeah, personally is a thing mm. that is doing something for yourself, isn't it? It it's is, but also like it's the level self-care. of detail. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, I think I find when I get lost in something that I really enjoy, like I used yeah. to do it pre-digital. I used to do it with tapes for mates. I don't know if you ever did that, like do a compilation oh, yeah. tape and then yeah. or a mixtape. Um, but it's just the getting like really into oh that track goes well with that one and you know oh that'd be brilliant to follow that and then really messing around with it and you can do it with playlists now um i just love it and uh hours flow by <laughs> and i should be doing yeah. something else but well, that's um, fine that's self-care isn't it mm. that's self-care if someone there's no such thing as what are you doing wasting your time with that if you personally enjoy it and it's giving you something mentally you know then yeah it's fine isn't it I'm I'm getting that from Red Dead Redemption Two still at the moment. It's a game. Yeah, you told me I've got to get it. I cannot tell you enough enough good things about it because it gets so much emotion out of uh, the old make me care. Does it keep? Does it ramp up the pace? Because some people said it was a bit slow at the beginning, but you you liked that slow pace, didn't you? That was part of its benefit. You you just have to. I don't really think you can accuse it of having a slow pace. You can take it at whatever pace you like. You can power through the missions. You can go from mission to mission, and there's a sort of set of missions that are essential to completing the game, the sort of central through line of the story. You can stick to those and get through the game mm-hmm. fairly quickly, or you can just graze and take those as they come and try side missions, and that's up to you. So mm-hmm. you can take it at pace, but generally the game isn't really about get to the next thing, get to the next thing. It's about... Um, you know, it's about the character. It's it's getting emotion from the characters, making you care from what the characters are going through. And it's extraordinary because it's a survival yeah. story. They're a gang, a ragtag sort of gang on the end, at the end of, in 1899, the end of that era. And they're, mm. you know, they're impending obsolescence, basically. And they're struggling with, you know, the industrialization of the society and they're becoming irrelevant and they're trying to survive. And it's just a fascinating place to drop in on this mm. group of people you know in the american frontier and i'm gonna get that but it's post christmas i hope they drop the price again I'll, i'm gonna pick it up yeah. because um yeah i need a bit of that i think well that's why that's kind of something that i'm doing that is technically a waste of time yeah <laughs> but isn't but isn't because it's uh i'm getting a lot out of the character the emotion that the game the music is incredible the theme the writing the performance you will re when you finish the game you will i was surprised by how attached i was really to the characters mm. and how how when things happen to them they hit you quite hard you know you're completely you're really connected to the characters right. and that's something that video games traditionally don't do very well they tend to be quite the main characters tend to be sort of avatars just people with big guns and that's it mm. or you know just sort of ciphers to serve the action yeah but this is a this is much deeper than that and you will be astonished if you could play through it the the kind of emotion it manages to ring from you Another thing that I do, a bit of self-care this time of year, is ghost stories. Oh, yeah, I love them. Because Ghost Stories of Christmas is something about the hibernation of this time of year mm. where there's a lot of darkness, there's a lot of sort of reflection. It's quite a melancholy time of year. Yeah. The BBC did a series called Ghost Story for Christmas many years ago, right. in the 70s, I yeah. think. And I remember watching them when I was little thinking, this is terrifying, but I don't know why. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's no sort of 
huge leering monsters or anything. It's all about little glimpses in the shadows, mm. little implications. And um, M.R. James, his ghost stories, I love Me his too, ghost yeah. stories. Also. I was going to mention him because um, uh, Whistle and I'll Come to You was a, was a great story, but yeah, yeah. a whole few. Yeah. yeah. And um, Mark Gatiss did a great documentary. I'll try and get all this in the show mm. notes about M.R. James. And they're probably re-showing some of the ghost stories for Christmas. Yeah. I just think this time of year is some, always seems to be a time where I just go back to it and just go, oh, I think I'll just do something reflective and mm. sort of uh, about, about them. There's a podcast called A Podcast to the Curious, which is a, I recommend. Oh, yeah. Um, which basically is like literally two, two fellas going through M.R. James's stories. Right. Uh, just, you know, mm. and having little reading, reading bits of them, talking about them, you know, going through then this happens, then this happens. So if you can't be bothered to, to read the stories, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you can just listen to the podcast and just experience them that way. And it's a, it's, Beautifully done, great chemistry between the two presenters, and I really like it. Podcasts, you know, while we're reflecting, I've had a good year for podcasts, largely because I just listened to whatever you told me to listen to. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm the god of podcasts. A few, a few that I found great. The Monster Hunters is really funny. Actually, that's one I, f- I discovered myself, which is um, yeah. on the on the theme of uh, ghost stories. But it's it's a, a comedy troupe who um, who did Edinburgh, I think, and um, it's very funny. It's like it's it's like a pastiche of those seventies horror movies that I loved when I was a kid. Um, you know, like Dracula, AD nineteen seventy two, and all oh, that. Right. You know, really funny um, stagings of short half hour comedy podcasts called The Monster Hunters by Definitely Human. Um, I listened to the Parapod this year, thanks to you. Yeah. Um, Ian Bowlesworth and Barry Dodds, that's brilliant. Um, I always listen to Twit, This Week in Tech, um, Leo Laporte. And I really enjoyed the A to Z of David Bowie this year from Mark Riley and Rob Hughes um, yeah. from Six Music. That was really good. Um, you introduced me to I Am the Egg Pod, which was great. Yeah. Beatles nerd thing. Um, and something. On the David Bowie thing, there's also a podcast called Album to Album, which is where they get. Um a different guest talking about a different album which is similar to the Apod thing but for David Bowie oh really if you're into David Tim Smith's done a great one we used to work with Tim called Don't Do Things The Way I Do which is a podcast about a oh, podcast cool. about mistakes I found that really good I mean in the in the um, uh, in the vein of sharing things about yourself that you can relate to and yeah. he gets various guests talking about mistakes they've made um, and on the music one is it Rolling mm. Bob because I'm also a massive Bob Dylan fan is all about um, guests coming on and talking about their favourite Bob Dylan tunes, so that's good too. Yeah, uh, I can't believe I've listened to that many podcasts this year. It's it's been an amazing year. For, have you got any others that you've listened to? They all sound great. And then I just oh, Dead Rock Stars, Dead Rock Stars, yeah, Dead Rock Stars. You, and yeah, no, Dead Rock Stars, the Bowie, the the, uh, the Beatles, the Opod thing, all mm. great. If you are into music that was made after the nineteen seventies, nineteen sixties, there are other good things out there. There's also my favourite at the moment. It's called Big Mouth, and it's it's brilliant. It's uh, Andrew Harrison. He used to be the editor of, of Select, which is one of my favourite oh, magazines yeah. from the 90s of kind of pop uh, music magazine. He is uh, talks about the week in, you know, pop culture, basically right. music, film, something on Netflix. Uh, just anything that sort of um, gets onto the radar in terms of pop culture. Oh, okay. So, And they've had some terrific episodes uh, and there's a lot of them. I think there's about two years worth to get okay. through if you're gonna if you're gonna start on them. There's lots of stuff I've discovered by listening to Big Mouth that I thought, oh, okay. I didn't know about that. And and um, you know, I'm quite nerdy about what's happening and 
what's coming out. And there was a really good episode on all the Kate Bush reissues, just going back to the seventies again. Mm. Uh, and there was also, <laughs> but they also deal with lots of new music. They had a really good a good episode on the Prodigy and their new album and um, Saint Vincent. They talk about Saint Vincent a lot. Um, there was a terrific one with Paul Morley where he came on talking about Killing Eve. Oh right, um, yeah. So so it's great. It's, if you're into any sort of you know pop culture, mm. I really recommend Big Mouth. Sorry, other podcasts uh, I've enjoyed are uh, Griefcast, G-R-I-E-F, Griefcast, with Carrie Lloyd. Oh, yeah. She, uh, which is a very, a, a really good idea, where she basically talks to uh, people about their experiences of, of grief, yeah, really. Yeah, right. Uh, oh, I, and I how need that right now. And affected them. And mm. there was this terrific one from Jason Hazley, who was one of the writers of the, the Grown Up Ladybird books, and he wrote Follow Me, Fill Me to Conk, and he's written for Charlie Brooker. Ah. There was a terrific episode with him about his dad who died in Spain in uh, I think twenty twenty twelve something like that. Right. Um, so when he was an adult, and really really interesting podcast. It sounds a bit grim, but it isn't. It sounds great. I are, need that. They're talking. Yeah. Really, are quite inspirational for this podcast, I think. Because I'm currently going through grief, as I as I glossed right. over earlier. I'm currently grieving my uh, mother's death, mm. and it's um. Yeah, it's complex. It's really complex. I haven't given myself time to really um, process it, and I realise that. Mm. So, um, you know, I'm sort of in that's a... part of grieving, isn't it? It's almost part of your coping strategy to not give yourself the time, I suppose. That's right. And they talk about those seven stages, don't they, of denial and anger and, uh, you know, all that. Um, but the I... The other five. Yeah, <laughs> you're forgetting. <laughs> we can't remember at the moment. <laughs> this is a professional <laughs> podcast. Um, what is it? Is it denial, anger, pleading? Yeah. Uh, acceptance. It ends with acceptance, end, definitely. Um, yeah, I denial, can't... anger, acceptance is usually the three sort of shorthand versions, isn't it? There's just three of them. Yeah. There's that great Simpsons episode where Homer goes through all, all seven in about a <laughs> <Yeah>. minute. <laughs> yes, we've got a Simpsons reference, finally. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, I'm going to. I also should give a shout out to Susan Kalman's Mrs. Brightside, which is yeah. um, where she interviews. Um, comedians with depression it's mm. it's very funny but also you know about wow. very loose it's just about how each of them deals with their depression people like mark watson and al murray and people like that great um that really bad. funny really good um that we shouldn't give any more podcast things away because pre- presumably people need to listen to this one right no, i don't <laughs> so, mind i another one happy place fern cotton's cop podcast is great she's had it? she's had matt hay gone uh ah. so <laughs> <laughs> So one day we might get. I love the way you, there was a sort of real sort of under, yeah. <laughs> underlying venom. sort of venom in that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> maybe he'll reply to an email soon, and um, yeah. Just is that uh, about depression? Uh, it's about um, happiness, right? Okay. It's I'm about mental it health. You know, it's about how. Yeah. But it's about people sort of talk about their mental health. Oh, it's got Russell Brand. Yeah, Russell yeah. Brand is great on it, and. Um, Gary Barlow is quite good, actually. I heard the one with Gary Barlow. He was very good. Just, Excellent. Uh, I'm going to have a listen, listen to that, yeah. Yeah, so it's just the sort of um, all part of the idea of, of you know, um, Gary Barlow talks about his you know food addictions and things like that, which is one of his unhealthy wow. coping right, strategies. that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. and um, so it's just really good to listen to, to hear people who are mm. technically, you know, perhaps objectively seen as being successful, rich, famous, and whatever they've had lots of adulation but they're still suffering yeah. from various mental health issues and right and how they deal with them and 
Um, before we finish on podcasts, listen to Slow Radio, for Christ's sake. It's, it's really good. <laughs> it's so good. It's, uh, is it? Yeah, it's, that, that is something I really recommend for Christmas for everybody. If to get the Slow Radio podcast and um, go through them all. There's lots of episodes. It's is it of, from Radio 3, is it that one? It is, yeah, yeah. It's sort of immersive, yeah. immersive kind of meditative audio experiences. So that there's, there's one it where there's a guy... about monks and meditation here. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a great one about this guy who goes, talks to shepherds like in the mountains in southern Spain. And, um, Fantastic. There's one where like birdsong and crunching leaves, like they walk, have a walk in the new forest. Um, there's, I'm getting chilled just reading the descriptions yeah, here. Yeah, there's a monastery... This is sort of talk about uh, silence in the monastery. So it's beautiful. A visit it's to really, a snowy forest near Oslo is one of the episodes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all these kind of ambient sort of soundscapes and, and wow. people with very calming voices talking about their, their things that they do. And it's really do it. satisfying. And so I recommend mm. that. If the, if the Christmas madness is getting too much. One thing the new year holds for me is uh, I'm coming off medication. So mm. I've been, I, I was quite horrified. I keep getting messages from my GP going, you know, we really should talk about your medication. <laughs> um, yeah. And I keep putting it off, but I finally got to see him. And um, I've, I was quite surprised to find that I've been on citalopram for four years now. So how many milligrams have you been on and how much have you been taking the citalopram? 20 milligrams a day in a little pill form. Yeah. Um, and that's apparently quite low. I mean, um, people take okay. a lot more. So that's really, you know, I've got to a point where I can't tell what life would be like without it. But um, uh, So do you take it every day? Have yeah. you been taking it every day for four, how four many years? Four years, yeah. That's four a long years, time, right? right? So, so we yeah. sat down and talked about it and he said, look, you know, it's, it's okay. You know, there's no dependency issues or anything, but, you know, really You're should probably start thinking about it. I was a bit annoyed. Well, not annoyed. I was a bit baffled by the idea of giving it up in January, my least favourite month. um yeah but the way we're going to do it is that we drop down so i take 20 a day we're going to for two days take just 10 gram milligrams a day okay and then the following week it'll be down to three days of 10 milligrams and then so on it will take about four or five weeks maybe six weeks to get down to nothing um right so that's that's you know i'm sort of uh i'm 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 pleased to be doing that because i think it's probably unhealthy to be on something that long but who knows you know i'm sure people have been on longer and it's it doesn't feel unhealthy, but at the same time, I feel like it'd be great if I could cope without it. And it's not a big yeah. deal. So we'll see how it goes. And he said, if, if at any point you feel um, you should, you know, put the brakes on the coming off it, then just, just carry on as normal. So there's no pressure. Um, but yeah, I'm a little bit tentative about it. It'll be an interesting experiment, especially in the darkness and grimness of January, which is, uh, there's nothing to look forward to in January, is there? Do you know what I mean? It's, um, it's like, at least we've got sort of seeing people and friends and, you know, TV and stuff in Christmas, but January is pretty bleak. We should do a January special, um, shouldn't we? <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Jan- I suppose January is um, uh, a bit of a bridging month, isn't it? Really, mm. it's a bit of a month where it's too. The weather's too rubbish. Again, we're talking about Northern Hemisphere. Yeah, but it's where the weather's the weather's rubbish, so you can't go out, <laughs> <laughs> um, and your skin. Yeah. Uh, probably eating too much. You're not doing Christmas. the resolutions you said you would, so that's bad. Well, and if you are, you're denying some sort of pleasure, whether it's drinking or whether it's yeah. not, you know, eating cakes for a month or something. Yeah. 
So you're you're sort of generally, you know, having a quite a tough time. <laughs> but but yeah, so it is it's quite a bridging month, isn't it? Yeah, it's a difficult month. It is probably that's the time where you should probably think, I'll tell you what, I'm not gonna give up things for January. I'm gonna give up things for February and just indulge in January. I think so. I do. I think or even like I said earlier, I think spring when when you've got energy. Yeah. It's like, it's hard to do things yeah. that take willpower when you haven't got any energy. Uh, and yeah. it's cold. It's oh, it's cold as well, isn't it? We didn't mention that. It's not really cold at the moment, but it's really cold in January. <laughs> yeah, and on, again in the northern hemisphere. This is the problem with doing a podcast, isn't it? You've got to speak to the whole world. Can we just do a general thing at the beginning about um, listeners in the southern yeah. hemisphere? Would uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um. Leave it for six months before you listen to this. <laughs> but um, but I think yeah, Jan- January. There's a great Viz thing that does the rounds every year, isn't it? Called January Land, where they do like a little advert <laughs> for. Um, I'll, we'll put it in the show I'd like to see that it says it's like a sort of enclosed dome <laughs> it's like a geodesic sort of a geodome thing where called January Land it says enjoy the misery of the year's most depressing month any time while you're there why not wait for a boss in the, <laughs> in the sleet in our authentic so January good. town city centre enjoy a warming cup of Lensip in our famous cafe <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I think <laughs> I wish that existed. Do you remember that? Yeah, what's so that you... Simpsons episode where they end up in a, in a party that is New Year's Eve every minute or something? And uh, and the way they say to the way, oh, so it must yeah, be wonderful. Kill me. Must be wonderful to be New Year's Eve every minute. <laughs> and he says, "Please kill yeah, me." Please kill me. <laughs> wow, I'm glad you mentioned that because another thing, um, another film I want to rewatch is Monty Python's The Meaning of Life. Ah, yeah. um, I just had that in my mind the other day, thinking I want to rewatch that because mm. I think I watched it when I was a bit too young. Yeah, and it's a middle-aged film. It's a film to watch yeah. with a bit of age behind you, a bit of years behind you. I haven't watched it and, since uh, then either. I'll do that as well. I think it's brilliant because Life of Brian did, is a perennial favourite at this time of year for yeah. me and the family. But the meaning of life is something, um, and I think it's their best film. You know, really. I used to think Life of Brian and me and Holy Grail brilliant, but they're sort of quite loose and um, uh, a bit indulgent in places. Mm. But the meaning of life is sort of about six or seven skits from different. It's a concept film, isn't it? It's like the, you know the journey of life. It starts with the birth scene. Oh yeah, with the song about salmon Catholics. Again. Yeah, yeah. But and also the reason I mention it is Christmas in Heaven, which is the the song at the end, the kind of big show number. Oh, the yeah. idea of, of heaven is just constantly Christmas Day. <laughs> <laughs> it's like just the sort of joy of Christmas. Is that's what happens when you go to heaven. So to wrap up then, mm. are um, you doing anything in the new year before we wrap up? Anything that's germane or um, apart from releasing your book, your second book, which yeah, I understand, I, Andy, is available on Amazon and other... It is, yeah. It's yeah. actually available right now. It's uh, it's the second in the series of Detective Inspector Jake Sawyer. Yeah, um, I thought so. And yeah. um, available from, from Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to... Well, I'm going to write another one. Because it's a series and I've got an idea for the third one. So I'm going to spend a couple of weeks leading up to the new year writing the story, writing the outline, getting notes down. Yeah. And then uh, I'm going to write in January. That's a good way I'm through gonna, it. I'm going to yeah. just get my head down and write. And then by the time I get to the end of January, I'll have quite a few words in the bag and I'll be feeling happy. Yeah. Also, a bit of planning because, Tim, we're going to go to the Peak District Yes, well, we are. Get yeah. you, drag you there as soon as possible in the new year. And yes. we're going to do a we're going to do a live 
episode, we're going to do an out and about. Mm. Sort of like Emotional Cripples Roadshow. Yeah. <laughs> we should get a van with it on the side. Yeah, yeah. No, that'd be great. Well, we'll be nodding to farmers and things. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, all right. Yeah, so, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the farmers going, doing, doing a live episode of a mental health podcast. So, yeah, yeah a lot of that around here. <laughs> so, we'll sort of, we're going to do that. We're going to do that in the new year. <laughs> and um, we are going to plan a new series and hopefully. You know, record it yeah. uh, in the batches. Try and get Matt Haig on at some point, and um, be like Roger and me. That Michael Moore film where he's desperately trying to get the boss of General Motors, Roger, what's his name, and he, that's the whole film becomes about that. Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> be just us trying to get Matt Haig yeah. to 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 sort of take thirty seconds to reply to an email. If you're listening to this before Christmas or roundabouts, Christmas is happening to you right now. I think we'll probably release this on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Um, then have a great Christmas. Just whatever Enjoy you it. need to do. Yeah. Whatever you need to do. I remember I interviewed Guy Pearce when I worked on a film magazine. Uh, mm. I'm not name dropping. It's just really stuck in my head. Mm. And he totally changed my life with one thing that he said. Really? Uh, what was it? This is like, a, this is like clickbait. I'll, yeah. I'll leave it until the next episode before I tell you. <laughs> he, said, he said, enjoyment is a choice. It totally changed the way I saw things. Yeah. Um, he just said, because you can sit there and think, impress me, you know, make me, you know, entertain me. Mm. Or you can decide how you're going to get something out of it. It sounds trite. It sounds like uh, you got out what you put in. But it mm. is true, isn't it? It's no, absolutely it's, true. It's absolutely true. So and, uh, yeah. if, what I'm saying is if Christmas is happening to you at the moment and find a way to enjoy it. You know, find, yeah. as we said, self-care, mm. either over some podcasts, find something you enjoy doing that seems pointless to other people, but you personally love it. Yeah, you have the Christmas that you sort of uh, want to have, really, not what other people are pressuring you to have. Mm. Great, um, I can't improve on that. That's okay. Uh, yeah, me too. And if have a good one, if it's after Christmas, I hope you had a good Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> have a good January. <laughs> Thank you for listening this year. And yeah, thanks. We are going to plan a second series. We'll probably pester you for some Patreon thing We'd coming up. We still love to hear from you. So get in touch if you've got yep. any questions or thoughts. It'll all be anonymous. Yeah, subscribe. Um, leave us a review. The review would be great on iTunes. Five stars. Not so bothered please. about the other yeah. places. Um, mm. And contact at emotionalcripples.com. Um, yeah, or um, on Twitter at emcripples. Yeah. Um, and here's to 2019. How about that? <laughs> Old Lang Syne. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Emotional Cripples was devised and performed by Andrew Lowe and Tim Tucker. Designed by Stuart Bache. All music by The Weathermonger. If you have been affected by the issues in this podcast, uh, you can call the Samaritans in the UK on 116123. Or if you're outside the UK and Ireland, check out befrienders.org. You'll find the link in the show notes.